the following, a podcast dedicated to two words Jesus used to change the world, follow me. He used it then and he uses it now. What does it mean? Does it define the boundaries of our relationship with him? Come and join us as we explore follow me in the following. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, the, the following. It's been quite a while since I've been here. I, I had a, a bit of the flu and uh, was was out for a couple of weeks in bed and and, uh, and then just uh, waiting for my voice to clear up. So um, it's, it's good to be back. We'll see how long we last today. And uh, it's good to be able to be here and talk to you again. We're, we're, we've been looking at the life of uh, Peter as he took on the responsibility with uh, the early church to... Um, um, take it through the transition from from um, the people who were there when Jesus was alive and who witnessed his resurrection to those people who uh, believed in Jesus but didn't have that uh, personal contact. Peter talks about it in his letter about those that, that uh, love him even though they've never seen him. And uh, that was a real critical issue uh, to get from the first generation to the second generation of followers to, to make sure that uh, things got off to a good start and they just didn't collapse because they were, were a relatively small community. They were, weren't a mass movement. Uh, there were about 120 there on the things as things wound up. Um, so to do that, we're going to need to take a, a little while in the book of Acts. But actually, you remember, is is the second part of uh, um uh, a, a report or a, a paper or an argument or treatise written by Luke to uh, um, a guy named um, Theophilus. And um, it actually could really be called um, Luke 2.0 uh, because it really just finishes out Luke's comments. Um, in the end of Luke... Chapter twenty four. It says, um, "Then he opened." Well, first it says, um, "Jesus." Uh, Jesus comes back to 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 uh, see the disciples, and, and it's interesting to me that the, the it, it gets belies the nature of the resurrection. I used to think Jesus kind of just kept, rose up from the grave and went home and lived his life as normal, but he really he, he appeared in his resurrection body several times. Throughout the top part, throughout the res- resurrection experience, but it was definitely not normal. Uh, not it was unusual. Uh, in verse thirty-seven of Luke twenty-four, it says um, they were. Jesus came in and said, "Pete, my peace be with you." And they were startled and frightened, thinking uh, they saw a ghost. And he said to them, "Why are you troubled? And why no?" Why do doubts arise in your mind? Look at my hands and my feet. It is myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, um, as you can see. So they, they still, even though people, Jesus would appear, uh, some people still doubted um, in some way the nature of the resurrection or the reality of the resurrection. Um, and then and he goes a step further to prove his, his resurrection. And he says, um, we being neat because um, aberrations and, and ghosts don't eat. Um, flesh and blood eats. Um, 
and he goes on to say, um, and he said to them, this is what I told you when I was with you, still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written within the law and the prophets uh, and the Psalms. The law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. This is a really key portion or, 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 or insight that um, Jesus began the process that he, he talked about in, in John 16, um, that he was going to go away, but he was going to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit who would um, remind them of all things. And he begins the process um, by opening their minds here and uh, giving them the capacity to, to see the Scriptures differently because he de- defines the nature of the scriptures when they the, they talk about the word of god in in the in um, the new testament they're talking about these books that jesus made reference to the law of moses the prophets and the psalms so the the whole of the old testament and that they would find jesus there so he opened their minds so that they could see a different perspective and see what when jesus was indicating his that he was messiah from the old testament He did it, when he had done that, he says, when he, had, they, when he had led them up to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he, um, he left them and was taken up into heaven. When they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they um, strayed, continu- stayed continually in the temple, uh, praising God. Uh, so his little band of followers of Jesus uh, committed to follow him and um, they walk to the outside of town and he blesses them and as he does he's taking them to heaven and uh, all the gospels and acts record a record of the the ascension uh, I'm using a, a, a bible today so that's what's taking me a little time to access verses it's really quite nostalgic to use a bible instead of a computer version of the Bible. Um, the Jesus is just, in all the um, in all the accounts of the ascension and the winding of Jesus' earthly ministry, uh, he says essentially, okay, goodbye now, bless you. Um, I'm going to leave now. You just reach the world with the gospel, and uh, I'll be pulling for you. Uh, bye. Jesus has left the building. Um, he said to them, do not, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of the, my father promised, which you have heard me speak of. About, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So then they met together, and they asked him, um, Lord, is this the time you restore your kingdom of Israel? Not, he said, it is not for you to know the times and dates my father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria, and even their motives ends of the earth. Now, they didn't have any concept of what he, Jesus had in mind when he said the ends of the earth. Their world was was quite small. Uh, you know, they they knew about the Roman Empire and and uh, 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 maybe a little a little bit further than that, but. Um, they couldn't imagine uh, the call that Jesus had put on the the life of these um, 
his his principal followers, his disciples, and and the little band of people that that were with him. Uh, and and so that Jesus is taken back into heaven, and, and um, they go and and begin to obey him, which is he's to go back to Jerusalem and pray uh, until the Holy Spirit comes. So and and this is what we we mentioned last week when we talked about the fact that Peter stood up um, and, and just looking at the fact that Jesus, that Peter had walked from abject failure and um, when he denied Jesus uh, in the garden <clears throat> to the restoration process in John 21, when Jesus asked him three times, do you love me, Peter? And Peter kept trying, ask, answering the affirmative and <clears throat> finally he, he um, gives up and uh, that's when Jesus restores him. And um, because it was, he had to do that because Jesus' intention for Peter was to take the leadership of the, of the, of the movement. Um, so he couldn't leave him there on the side of the lake um, wildly in his pity. But he, he set him free so he could take the lead. And um, so they, they, they um, return and, and they're, they're praying. Um, and, and this is where Peter stood up and took took leadership. Uh, the first thing he had to do was return the the movement to the the picture that Jesus had when he started, which is really critical because this is this is the whole thing of following Jesus is, is to see what he did and 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 try to do it the same way that he did it. And and uh, while while this is is in an organizational sense with Peter, it still indicates their the desire to fulfill and to replicate. Um, Jesus' ministry. So Jesus had 12 disciples. And when, when Judas um, dis, um, discounted himself by betraying Christ and, and for 30 pieces of silver and eventually goes out and kills himself, um, Jesus says, I mean, Peter says, look, guys, we've got to, um, we've got to fill that gap. There's now, now, now longer 12, there's only 11. Um, so he says, therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who has been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus went uh, from uh, from and out among us. Beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us to his resurrection. So the criteria was was... Probably pretty narrow, even among the the, uh, the followers of Jesus that, that he left when he went back to heaven. He, he, the person had to be uh, someone who had been with Jesus the whole time, um, and went. When Jesus was was among them. They had to be with them from John's baptism of Jesus to the time when Jesus was taken. Up. So it's essentially the whole the whole show, the Jesus the whole Jesus whole ministry. So they proposed two men, um, called one called Barabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. So they they must have had a number of people that met the criteria, but they chose two, um, and wanted to know clearly what the Lord's will is. And this is when it gets a little, a little funny to me. Uh, they, they essentially decide on the Lord's will with a, a coin toss. Uh, they didn't have a coin and didn't toss a coin, but they. They called it casting lots, but it's it, it's just a 
essentially gave him a chance. They said, well, we'll um, randomly choose one of these guys, and, and, and then uh, whoever gets chosen by this random selection will be deemed to be God's sovereign choice. It, it, uh, um, you wouldn't want to push it in, in, too, in too much um, – too many circles of your your ministry, but it's it's how Peter did. He, he said, we'll, "We'll select a couple of guys and we'll uh, uh, flip a coin, and whoever um, makes the right call, um, he'll be the one that that, that God did." Um, so it says, um, "They prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry." Um, then they cast lots, and lot fell to Matthias, and he was added to the eleven. And that's all we really hear about Matthias in the scriptures. He's, he just not a, doesn't feature. It's just a, a leadership decision Peter made to put the church on the footing that it needed to be on before they went forward with whatever whatever God had planned. Uh, and so they. I guess Matthias, in his new role as apostle, goes back and joins the people. In Acts chapter 2, says, When the day of Pentecost came, um, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, like this, the a sound like blowing of a violent wind came from uh, heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. It's interesting. Um, that it says the uh, the sound of a mighty wind filled the house. There wasn't a mighty wind, just the sound of it. And and uh, I, we, I, we experienced a little bit of that uh, a few, few days ago. We went up to Auckland to um, go to a, a presentation that um, our daughter and her partner arranged for us, and, and uh, we needed to be there um, early one one. Friday morning, and, and uh, anyway, it, it called for us to stay uh, in an Airbnb in Auckland overnight because I can't use the stairs in my daughter's house because of a Parkinson's disease, but too many, too many details. And uh, our, our room, was it was in the old Auckland train station, and um, it, it the window opened uh, to the one of the stations of the trains. And uh, so all, all day the trains came by. And let me tell you, um, I always grew up hearing people describe tornadoes as uh, sounding like a train. Um, I can tell you for sure the trains sound like tornado, tornadoes when you're close enough. They're going by your your, your apartment there. <clears throat> so maybe it was something like that that, that enveloped the room. And then uh, you, know, you know the story that... Um, there were, as it appeared to be, tongues of fire that settled on their heads, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, um, I don't, I don't want to embark on a, a discussion on tongues uh, at this stage, except to say that um, it's very clear that divine utterances were happening. Uh, but I think in this particular case, it, it's very clear that the the, the, the essence of the, the divine utterances uh, were for the benefit of the people who were there to celebrate Pentecost, but who weren't from Israel and spoke different languages. He goes on to say, um, 
Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard the sound of the crowd, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. So they were just stunned because these people must have spilled out of their prayer room and they were praising God and, and these languages that they hadn't learned and the Holy Spirit gave them power. And and the, the people quickly noticed that they were all Galileans. And yet they were they could hear them in their own their own tongue. Utterly amazed. The, aren't, aren't all these men who are speaking um, Galileans? And how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of um, Mesopotamia and Judah and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and, and the rest. Um, we all hear are hearing them declare wonders of God in, in our own tongue, amazed and perplexed. Uh, um, what does this mean? They, they asked. They said, "Well, what the heck's going on here? Um, how can how can you explain this?" Uh, there, there were some who were, uh, however, made fun of the the disciples, and they just thought they were drunk. And um, so, it. it Again, if you try to put yourself there as one of the 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 the, the um, Parthians and or the Medes, uh, and your Pentecost celebration has been uh, hijacked by a group of Galilean Jews who were uh, praying and came out and poured out into the street and kind of um, kept took, took captive and. Um, then and then Peter stands up again, and uh, we'll take we'll really take a, a longer look at this the next time. Um, it, it it kind of completes the, uh, the remarkable transformation of Peter, um, because remember Peter was the guy that when he was confronted in the garden, lied three times about whether he knew Jesus and denied him, uh, and now here's Peter before this crowd of. Um, irritated followers. And uh, it says, when, when the, the, the people said, some people thought they were drunk, so Peter, Peter stood up with the, um, the other 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully. What I say, these men are not drunk, as you propose. It's only nine in the morning. Now I tell you, this is what was spoken in the prophet Joel. It begins to take and, and preach a message to the Jews of who Jesus was and what his death and resurrection did and the culpability of the people in Jerusalem who took part in the um, the, the crucifixion, but we'll we'll take a look at that later. Thanks for enduring this, and, and uh, trust you're having a good good time. The weather's gotten very cold here for for New Zealand. A little under freezing this morning, um, which is not very cold if you've got all the um, insulation and um, heating devices that I was raised with in the states. But it's it's pretty cold. Um, I'm going to play a song for you as we go out, and um, this is because I want to play it for you, and um, 
Seth hasn't had a chance to tell me I can't. This is written by our son, Seth, and um, it's called The Song for Monique. And it's a, it's a song written um, about a, a woman who was in our church in, in Hamilton um, who died suddenly um, at about 49 or 50, I think. She was quite young. Uh, in fact, she, she had just come and visited with us and, and uh, had contracted with us to be a care for me. I, I, because of my Parkinson's, I need some care time from time to time so Kitty can get out and do what she needs to do <clears throat> and, and not worry about me. And we had made that agreement, and, and she went home, and within 24 hours, she was dead. Um, and Glennis was a... Um, Faithful follower of Christ, a lover of people, um, but she would was a person who was uh, didn't find it easy to to attract the favor of, of people. Um, plain ordinary woman who loved God, and uh, Seth wrote the songs called "Song from Monique" um, to celebrate life of her mother. Uh, listen to the words. They're transformational. And God bless you, and have a great day. Maybe you have never seen the world from rock bottom. Tasted the dust on the floor Maybe you never gasped for breath Wondering if this Is your last one left If you had She'd have been there That much I'm sure Sometimes she'd just sit And pray in the corner Stay long after the others are gone. But sometimes doesn't last forever. Sometimes crashes into never again. I could have laughed so short, love me so strong. So you breathe, count your blessings, say your prayers, learn your lessons. And try to remember well As everything fades She'd say If God can love me Then God can love anyone And if God loves the whole world I should help everyone And if he's saving the world Then I've all of the work to do sometimes it ain't pretty sometimes it ain't easy and this time it's you it's the time and the care that she take with a broken heart or the way that she dive 
the last piece of Nienishtar It's the dog ear journals full of prayers As she fought friends with the man upstairs She fought on her knees with all of her heart So you breathe, count your blessings Say your prayers, learn your lessons And try to remember where's everything fade She'd say, if God can love me, then God can love anyone And if God loves the whole world, I should help everyone Saving the world And I've all of the work In the world left to do Sometimes it ain't pretty Sometimes it ain't easy And this time is you She believed that one day love Would come and carry her home This time is you.